welcome to the MF Gamers Podcast. This is Play One Bin 2018. I'm Hendo, and here we have Ben. Hello. And Simon. Hey. Yeah, we've got the three of us together because we've got a lot of shit to get through. Uh, it's been a hell of a year, and we're going to round it off nicely with our stuff and a few other people from the forum. So I will start off, and I think the first new game I played this year was Celeste. That is phenomenal. I wanted to get back and finish it before we started this, but that never really happened. And also in a similar kind of way, Dead Cells with that 2D kind of style. They're both on my to-do list. Yeah, you would appreciate both of them, definitely. I think Celeste is going to be the one because it's basically Super Meat Boy in it, in a different vein. It's Super Meat Boy in a more sort of linear story kind of thing. They're both really, really good. I did my Darkest Dungeon Celebrity Death Run. That was quite good fun. Again, I will go back to that at some point. I was given an Xbox One. And I had a lot of fun with that. And Game Pass is phenomenal. If you have an Xbox One, you need a Game Pass. And recently, Smash Brothers. Ben, you've been playing that as well. Yeah, they've patched it fairly recently to make it yes. so it's easier to unlock people. And I was disappointed to find that out because I thought I'd finally like <laughs> got, got good at it. And I was like, yeah, I'm tearing these apart now. I don't know why I was struggling <laughs> before. And then I read that and was just like, oh, fuck. But yeah. The magic door that's in the games and more option helped as well. If it's like every sort of two in three times you're managing to win a fight and unlock someone or every one in two or something, it's good to go back in. You've got maybe three or four lined up and you can maybe get two characters to play with. Yeah, you're basically lining them up to chase them out. Yeah. Yeah. And then you still play as the same couple of people that you like, but you just need to unlock everyone. But it's the difference it makes. So if you have a... In a fighting game, if you've got a reason to play it in single player or just characters to unlock, you've got something to keep you going. I think it improves it massively. Yeah. You know, it's Smash Brothers. It's not really any different. The single player is pretty different, the campaign, but I've been sticking to classic mode. And as of this recording, I've got three left to unlock, I think. All right. The character roster list is huge. But moving on from that, uh, the three of us have also played A Way Out. I played with the both of you and I played a third time with my best mate and all three of those occasions were completely different experiences. Oh really? That's interesting. Surprisingly, Ben was was the most pessimistic on it. <laughs> no way. Get out of here. I was going to ask, like, what did you think about it? I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. For what it is, I don't think you can really fault it. It could mm. be a bit speedier, I think. It could be take, have a little bit of fat out of it. But parts of it just blew me away the i don't want to spoil it because i want people to play it but there's there's certain parts of that game that are just they're memorable in a way that i'm not going to forget because nothing else has really done that and for joseph fares to sort of blow his own trumpet and go yeah you'll you'll fucking like this because it's it's impossible not to like and it's like yeah okay yeah i, I sort of understand where he's coming from i mean yeah. you might not like the characters or you might not gel with the story but i think as a bit of narrative gaming it does its job and it does it for a budget price as well it's not a fucking 60 quid game yeah it's a budget game and not only that it's it they, they did the all like you can play without actually needing a copy of the game which is very generous yeah considering it's published by EA because EA are public enemy number one at the minute with stuff like that so yeah I've got no complaints about it myself I hope it did well for him based on, on that but yeah I didn't I didn't like the characters I didn't like the gameplay that much I didn't like the story <laughs> I, I didn't think it was very good but there are bits where it's quite clever the way you have to work together and the stuff that's set up quite well and the, some of the direction's really good 
Um, there's bits, uh, I think Hendo, you pointed out to me, or maybe we talked about it on a podcast or something, but the camera, the way the camera moves between rooms and stuff is, is really, really well done. And it's yeah. done in a way you don't see in games very often. It's done in a way that a filmmaker would do, which he yeah. was, or is possibly, rather than a game designer would do or a game director. So there's, it's not without merit, but yeah, I, I didn't think it was up to much. There's one part of that that um, it were pioneered in the film Jaws, where it, it sort of zooms in, but the background changes. It's something to do with Joe the Focus. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I guess it's a trolley zoom or something like that. Yeah, you physically move the camera back as you're zooming in. That's it, yeah. And the, one of the guys in that has got vertigo. So whenever he's in a high place, it sort of does that to simulate, you know, how he feels about being high up. And the other guy's just like, yeah, I'm not fucking bothered about heights. But for him, it's like he's genuinely fucking scared about it. And to get that across, to using that camera trick is... I don't think I've ever seen that. It's usually used in the other way around, you know, for zooming in for, like, a shock. But yeah, to show it as a phobia, like, oh, he's, he's, he's getting a bit light-headed at this situation is... Yeah, I like it. I like pretty much all of it. The third experience I had with my best mate was higher up still of more positivity when we finished it and goes back to what you said about it doing things in a pretty unique way that his experience when we finished it his first thing he said to me was wow is there anything else like that we can play and my honest answer was no there's not really anything no like that it is it's unique yeah it does some similar things to other games but it's pretty unique i'd say moving on from that um i also played warframe with Simon and a few others from the forum. Yeah, there's a couple of us that have been on that. That's pretty good, and it's free to play done right, really. Yeah, it's pretty great stuff. I haven't got much to say about it. I don't know if you have. Not really. It just what you've said there, it is free to play done right. It is kind of grindy, but the grind is the game. But it never feels like it's got its hand out. I think mm. that's the thing. You play a lot of games, these free-to-play games, and it's like, oh, well, you've hit a wall, cough up. Whereas Warframe's never like that. It's just, oh, well, you've hit a wall, but the wall is there for a purpose. You need to get better to get past yeah. it. It's not it's not designed with the intent of relieving you of your money. It's designed with an intent of making you a better player and gating you off from certain activities until you're good enough to tackle them. It's unusual in this market, much like a way out. It's doing things its own way, and I think it's being rewarded for that which is really fucking good. Yeah, and the uh, the final one of my, my playlist is Bloodborne, which if I wasn't relatively strict about the game of the year section being it had to be a new game, that would be my game of the year because last year mine was Zelda, which my criteria for that was that game got in my head and every time I wasn't playing it, I was thinking about it and that is Bloodborne. This year has been... I've just been thinking about it so much while not playing it. Can't wait to get home from work and play it and play it on my days off. Watch you stream it and other people stream it. Read about lore and yeah, it's been fantastic going back to it. It's only strengthened my love of that game. I've got to say, if it wasn't for your criteria of making it so that I've got to pick a game from this year to be game of the year, it would be my game of the year as well. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. I was going to say though, Hendo, I mean, if, if you really liked it that much, maybe you should have put it in your top 10. Uh, that's a sore point. Simon can rectify that when he does one. <laughs> On to my want for, this is want in general, not just, it's not strictly something that's coming out next year. It could be next five years. But the only, my well, my most anticipated game is 
another From game, it's Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which I mentioned I think last month or the month before that I'm a bit apprehensive about what changes they're going to make to the formula, but I've kind of got some faith in them, so but I'm really looking forward to that. The bin is definitely Red Dead Redemption 2 because it's just really fucking disappointing as we will hear later on and we've read in the forum it's not so much divisive because there's only really about one person that really loves it and that's not a surprise of who that person is (laughs) flashback to my predictions episode what what fucking called it it's a really good game at its heart but it's you've just trudging through treacle to get to the good bits all the presentation things like me and simon watched the game awards and their Red Dead Redemption 2 section was brilliant. All the presentation in the game is like that. It's like, oh, this is really beautiful and entertaining and amazing. But the actual playing of it, Rockstar really needs to get someone that knows how to do decent controls and stuff in their games because it's just not fun at times. But my actual game of the year is, um, is not a game that was stuck in my head and I was constantly thinking about, but I just really, really enjoyed a lot from beginning to end, and that's God of War because it's just a big action film summer blockbuster great game with a surprising amount of good dialogue and funny lines and good characters and you actually like Kratos and I didn't give a shit about Kratos before Ben you've played it and Simon you're still not received your copy no I've (laughs) got my refund but yeah I would have wanted to play this but uh, it's going to get pushed into next year same with Spider-Man and Red Dead and about a million other games I know it was um, flagged up by a lot of critics and reviewers and stuff, but it does seem to be that trend of parenthood in games and possibly just a sign that the industry, the community, the the audience had had grown up a bit, or certainly for the console games, big console games. But it kind of made me want a kid just so I could could just almost put a comforting hand on the shoulder and then take it (laughs) away at the last minute. (laughs) <laughs> because that is ninety percent of the first half of that game, but yeah, it's it's good. It's it's a God of War you're not ashamed to like, which yes, yeah. like I've I always just assumed they weren't. No, that's not true. I was because I always assumed they weren't up to much, but yeah, certainly like as they went on, they seemed to get more. Who's the guy that made them? Jaffe. Yeah, like some of his stuff is horrific, and it just seemed <laughs> to see more of his influence on there. The tone of it, the pace of it. And there's bits in there where the colour scheme are going to be vague, Hendo, but you get some new weapons and the colour mm. scheme shifts from this cold looking thing to just it's just a different tone. It's, um, yeah, everything about that game just shifts for about 40 minutes or so. It's, it's, there's moments in there that really stand out. It's a, it's a really, really good game. I yeah. was less sure about the combat. It's not bad at all, but it's not the greatest character action game ever or anything like that in terms of the combat but everything else around it is fantastic it's really well done like last year I would have like the game of the year for Zelda and I would have said I don't you know I'm not Blakey I don't give scores and shit but I would have said 10 out of 10 this is just phenomenal I, I loved it God of War is a really 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 solid 9 it's like yeah it's fucking great I can't really find a fault with it but at the same time it's not like it doesn't have a special kind of thing it's not essential it's a really tricky thing because it kind of is it's not like games that we will remember from years and years and years but it is one of the best games i've played well it is i think the best game i've played this year i don't know it's it's a really tricky thing it doesn't do anything wrong and it does everything right but it just wasn't in my head like some games have been yeah yeah we're gonna move on to the forum now for some of it so, first of all, the artist formerly known as Chimay. Hello. We've got uh, Whiskey Chaser. What have you been playing? Well, Hendo, 
the past year I've been playing Wreckfest, it's car smashing goodness. Add to that, Divinity, Original Sin 2, hands down one of the best RPGs I've played, with a fantastic battle system. The fact that it's 4 player co-op into the mix is the icing on the cake. And finally, Tetris Effect, every bit as good as I hoped it would be. Divinity Original Sin 2 is one of those games that I keep threatening. I keep saying, to myself, yeah, I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to play it. Everyone who's played it seems to say it is incredible, but it's a Western RPG that I think gets fairly hard. I've got the original, never really got anywhere. Yeah, it's supposed to be brilliant, but it's, it's just a difficult one to sort of motivate yourself to, to go in and play. Yeah, I couldn't remember whether you'd played it or not. It does seem like a Ben game. I'm same as Ben. I want to play it. I'm just kicking it down the field. I will get to it eventually, but... Fuck knows when that's going to be. And also Tetris Effect. Yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I thought you'd mention that. I actually thought that might be your game of the year. It's really, really good, but no. It is such an amazing take on Tetris. But um, no, it's, like he said, every bit as good as you hoped it would be. That is, yeah, I couldn't say any better than that, to be honest. That is what I wanted from that concept. His is want. I most want Rage 2. Whilst it didn't quite live up to expectations, the first game had solid gunplay and I enjoyed it. The sequel looks like it could be great fun. Also, Sekiro and Ghost of Tsushima. I'll second that, yeah. What for Rage 2? Yeah, I Rage 1 was a surprising hit for me. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's underrated. It's a really good game. It's really chunky as well. Everything feels... For me, it feels like a first-person Gears of War where everything's really bulky and chunky. And it's quite violent and stuff like that. Like, it's it's like playing in Duplo bricks, where most games are Lego bricks. You've got these big fucking, big plastic fucking things, you know, that lock together. And yeah. It just feels really satisfying when you're shooting people and they're, they're ragdoll about. Yeah, the, the gunplay is brilliant on it. Like, mm. it is, it's as good a first-person shooter. Oh, prior to, say, Doom and Wolfenstein, in terms of just the gunplay, it's as good as anything, I think. Yeah, you get a real sense that the bullets that you're shooting are actually ripping through someone, not just a, oh, well, they've made contact and now that person's going to do a death animation. It's really gratifying, is Rage 1, and I hope Rage 2 capitalises on that, even with the superpowers, with the telekinesis or whatever the fuck's going on. Yeah, the Mad Max influence is the bit that's putting me off. I wanted to like Mad Max, and I just, I just thought it was a bit of a nothing game and never really got going. So I, I hope... It's more Rage than Mad Max, although it, it sort of looks more like the latter, really. But I don't know. It's, it's one of the ones I'm looking forward to, or certainly it's one that I'm almost certainly going to buy next year. Okay. So how about you, Bin Whiskey Chaser? My Bin is how fickle I've become with games. It's very rare I spend more than 10 to 20 hours on something now. I think it's because he's got kids, and he just doesn't have time to spend on subpar games. Yeah, but does mean he can put his hand near a child and then take it away, though. <laughs> I ain't fucking touching that. <laughs> yeah, the, the hand's okay. It's other things going near a tower. <laughs> it's a shoulder, it's fine. <laughs> and what is your game of the year? I have to say my game of the year is Slay the Spire. This has now joined a select few single-player games that I've racked up more than 100 hours on. I can't quit any time. Now, this is an interesting one, because I said before about being relatively strict. Slay the Spire has been in early access, so... I took the opinion of, well, early access is just a marketing term. Yeah. It's been out. However, this kind of falls at the hurdle because I found out that it was actually released on early access in 2017. Oh. I'm letting him have this because I think it was very late at the end of the year and 
he's not the only one that's been gushing about this. I think it's worth bringing up. I'll tell you something about this game. Go on. Every time I play something on Steam, I get a message from Duck going, why aren't you playing Slay the Spire? Just fucking nagging me all the time. Every time I boot a different game up, it's Slay the Spire this and Slay the Spire that. Fuck off, Duck. I'm trying to play (laughs) by my backlog. (laughs) You're not helping. I'll get round to it eventually. Well, speaking of which, here's the man himself. What have you been playing? Yes, it's me, the man they call Duck. I'd like to tell you about a little-known indie game called Call of Duty, Black Ops 4. My gaming time has been in short supply but Blackout is the perfect, play for 20 minutes, maybe more if I have the time, type of multiplayer game for me. It's a shame that there aren't more from here playing Blackout, as I think it's been giving me more Battlefield-type moments than the recent EA games which is strange considering it's a COD. I would agree that it's strange that Call of Duty Black Ops 4 hasn't really taken. For me, I think it was the lack of campaign that put me off. But I do like uh, the little bit I played of the beta of Blackout I really liked. It would be surprising if all the Battlefield players moved on to Call of Duty. That would that'd be a bit odd. I think I said it before, but if the Blackout mode was free to play, I'd be more inclined. It looks like a decent one of those. Like, it, it's fast and it runs well, seemingly. And, yeah, I, I'm not a huge Call of Duty multiplayer fan, but or Call of Duty fan at all, but it, it looks like a good one of those modes. But, yeah, with I don't know. I can understand why people wouldn't be excited without a campaign. Yeah. Nah, not for me. The survey says... <laughs> and the world was surprised. <laughs> and what about you want? I most want Sekiro. Shadows die twice. It's been a while now since the last souls. My body is ready for something new. Again, another one for Sekiro. Mine and Duck's opinions on games quite often line up, and yeah, I'm definitely up for that. And what about you, Bin? Let's Bin 2018. I didn't have a bad 2018, but I'm excited for what the new year will bring. That is probably the most positive Bin we will have for all of these. It's, uh, 2018 was alright. I thought 2018 sucked, but personally, but yeah, I was going to say, like, if he thinks 2018 was alright, Jesus. <laughs> and what's your game of the year? It's that controversial early access game again, Slay the Spire. Beautifully designed digital crack. It was also updated almost every week for the whole year. Early access done right. I'm excited for the Switch boys to get their hands on it. Yeah, so again, second person that mentioned Slay the Spire as their game of the year, so I had to allow it. Yeah, it looks really good. I, I spent the afternoon a couple of days ago while preparation for this, watching videos of it and then seeing that it was coming out to the Switch early next year. And yeah, like he says, Switch players are going to play it and I will be one of them. So what what is it? Action roguelike deck building game. It's a bit weird. I'm not the best person to answer that question, honestly, because I got very confused by the videos because <laughs> it's a deck building game. That's what happens. And finally, of my free, here's MF Nick. Hello, boys. What have you been playing for the year? First of all, Persona 5. I've not played a traditional RPG for years and I've proper fallen for this one. I've never played a Persona before either. I get what the fuss is about now. Secondly, Rocket League. This has been a mainstay in my now playing category since it was released on PS Plus. Own it on PS4, Xbox and Switch and play it constantly even now. And finally, God of War. I didn't click with this new style like 99% of people did, preferring the old type. Plus I prefer Greek mythology to Nordic, but this had me compelled from beginning to end nonetheless. Looking forward to the next one. 
ended up buying some books on Norse mythology after playing it too, so that's a plus in its favour. I'm with him on Rocket League, I have also got it on PS4, Xbox and Switch. Only bought it the once though. It's also been on my thoughts of buying it on Steam. Hmm. It's weird because I don't mind double dipping on games, but with that, I think it'd be nicer if I had someone to play with. And I see sometimes people playing on Steam, but I don't know whether I'd want to spend a night with them. <laughs> Some of them are quite annoying. They probably think same of me. But... It's not quite double dipping if you didn't buy it in the first place, if you had it. Yeah, I guess so. PlayStation Plus. But I think it's a good game. It's worth paying for. I bought a lot of DLC for Rocket League because I felt bad that I got it for free. Yeah, I did exactly the same thing. Yeah. Anything to add on Persona 5, Ben? I got to the second dungeon, I think, last year when it came out and then stopped to put it down. And so I played the majority of the game this year. And then when I finished it, or fairly recently, my housemate's been playing it. I think Spatula has played it again this year. So quite a few people I know have, have gone through it. And I think on the forum as well, there's been a couple of people who've gone through it in the back half of the year. It's it's good. It's not as good as Persona 4. Actually, in some ways, it's, it's better. I think it's a tighter game. But the story and, and the humour and stuff, maybe not quite as good as 4. But it's a really, really good Persona game. And there's not a lot else to say about it. It's just, it's a good RPG. It's another one of those. But that's not a bad thing, really. Yeah, and uh, what about your want? What are you after? I'm after Last of Us 2. The first was one of my favorite games from last generation. The entire game was full of amazing moments. Great storytelling and I even really enjoyed the stealth gameplay. The trailers for the new one have just got me even more excited. I really can't wait for the Resi 2 remake and the new Trials game too. Do you think that this is released on both the PS4 and the PS5 at the same time. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, simultaneously. Well, no. I'm wondering if it'll because no. if if it's backwards compatible, the PS5, then you can't re-release it. It might be a dual buy, like yeah, if you buy the digital version, you get like a 4K texture version that's 100 yeah. gig or something. But this is the game industry, Ben. What they'll do is they'll sell <laughs> it on PlayStation 4, and when it comes out on PlayStation 5, they'll do like a remastered with a game like of, extra yeah. lines yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. With the DLC and stuff. Resi 2 looks great as well, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, what about your bin? I want to bin games as a service. I'm sick of these types of games. The ones I've played all seem quite shallow and just seem designed to compel you to spend money rather than create a good gaming experience. They're leading to more monetization in games, and fewer games in the AAA space seem to be getting made, as they just try to make these big ongoing, money-generating machines instead. If a game can't be monetized all year round, most publishers don't want to know anymore. If I didn't know better, I'd say that was you, Simon. I don't mind games <laughs> as a service, but I just don't like when they have the handout all the time for money, and it's like, well, I've already given you fucking my money. Come on, be reasonable. What you're offering isn't worth it like yeah i'm winnick on this like i i do think they they do take the piss a lot and they say that they're just there to to get people engaging and, and that's it you look at something like monster Hunter world where it's basically everything's free and just come back and you know do it when you want there's no mm. windows on it or anything like that and, and that's what it's like for destiny and division and and it will be for anthem and division 2 when those come out as well You'll have these events where you'll have a couple of weeks to basically grind like fuck to get whatever you want, and then that opportunity is gone. And I just don't feel that that's good gameplay. 
just offering something for a limited time. It's if a fucking thing's good, if if content is good, it should be up there hundred percent of the time for everyone to enjoy. I don't have a problem with free to play doing it as such because it's you know free to play is it's the model, charging full price and then and then doing it as a service. It's something like Destiny where there's DLC added. Okay, fair enough, I guess, but it sort of becomes inherently cynical as a model because there is never enough content at the start. And I'm sure there's some, there's going to be an example somewhere, but when you look at Destiny and you look at Fallout, it just seems like a, a constant complaint in them is that they've launched light. Yeah, they're basically playable clients. Yeah, and then they add stuff and then it gets a good game. So you hear Destiny people say it all the time, like, oh no, Destiny's good now, you should play it now, it's great, jump in now. And if they start at this point for Destiny 3, and they won't, it'll start light because... No, it'll be right straight back. Well, it's like Forza games. Forza games do exactly the same. They add and add and add and add, and then the jump generation, and the first game's always shit. Same with Gran Turismo. Speaking of which... <laughs> yeah, like I said, it was almost like it was written by you. Yeah. <laughs> I take it back, yeah. It, it could be written by me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about your game of the year? Well, my game of the year is Forza Horizon 4. Bit of a slim year for me. Hardly played any new releases. This has to be my standout though. Plays incredibly well. Looks amazing and has a ton of content. I've also played Forza Horizon 4 and it's, yeah, it's a really, really cool game. I really enjoyed it, which surprised me because I don't really dig Forza, but the Horizon games are pretty accessible. It's set in the UK, so that's quite unusual. I showed my missus that she's from Edinburgh and she were like amazed that the house, not the house that she grew up in, but the houses that look like hers. The yeah. white girl with the bare windows and stuff. She was like, oh my God, it's like identical. Edinburgh is pretty close to what Edinburgh looks like. Mm, yeah, it's pretty spot on. Princess Street and stuff. She did say that there's not enough people there. Though like, You can barely <laughs> fucking walk for tourists and stuff. Yeah, that's all my section done. So Ben, on to you. I'll tear through some of these because we've, we've talked about quite a bit, but Yakuza 6. I haven't played Yakuza Kiwami 2 this year, but Yakuza 2 is my favourite of the Yakuza games, probably. So mm. I hold that in reserve, I guess. It's just, there's a lot of Yakuza games. I'm not playing two in a year. That would have been, I think, maybe sort of four in a year or four within, you know, two yeah. years, I guess. So that's a lot of Yakuza. Six is, story-wise, it is not as good, I guess, as Zero. It's cool the way it starts. It starts off, it's just about Kiryu and, and his story and his relationships, and it's the end of his story. So uh, it's it's really small focused, and that's it's cool that it does that because that's not what Yakuza usually is. It's this complicated political thing. and So Yakuza 6 does get to the point where it has this political stuff, but it I know Yakuza's nonsense anyway. I know that's what it is, but it's just... <laughs> It just it goes like the wrong side. It's that it's the equivalent of dot 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 in space. It's that sort right. of thing, and it's, it doesn't actually go to space. Although I wouldn't be surprised if one day it just makes no sense. In even within its own world, it just is like, all oh, right, okay. I don't get why anyone would care, and and that's the the problem of it. But the Kiryu stuff uh, and some of the characters are, are great, and it's it's still done in the same sort of gripping nonsense melodrama. Like it, it's still fun and, and good. Looks great. The the engine's really good on it. There's a what feels like a light gun mini game that is how you. That's what your job this time is. You uh, you go hunting fish with a spear gun that involves with you beating the shit out of a shark. Oh, sorry, it ends with you beating the shit out of a shark. So it's it's yeah, it's it's Yakuza. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I suspect Kiwami Two might be the better game of the two because it's got a better story. 
but uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll find out next year. Football Manager Touch, I wasn't going to include in my top 10 of the year because I thought it came out last year. I then realised it came out this year in like April or something on the Switch, which is where I've been playing it. And I used to play a lot of Football Manager for years and years, then I've sort of got very tired of it and a bit frustrated by it. The Touch version is a more simplified, easier version of it. And I think it being on the Switch, and I don't usually say this, but it being on the Switch has really helped it because it's playing as a handheld and just being able to do something else at the same time or pick it up and play and then just pause it. Football Manager is one of those games that you sort of play and watch Netflix or something and yeah. multitask when you're playing with those games. Absolutely. Like I, I play it whilst watching football quite often. I used to play it listening to music all the time and, uh, and like say, watching films or putting something on in the background. It's perfect for that. And the thing that threw me about it was that when I checked the save file, it said I've been playing for 60 days and it came out in like April or something. So my job as a football manager has lasted longer than my actual last job, which, <laughs> is, which is a bit worrying, but it's brilliant. But it's now like, I don't need another football manager for like two years. Like I will, I don't, I'm not going to get one this season. I stick with this while I've got Miles Stevens and, and Kane Hart and people like that coming through. Not real players, but I love them. Like children, hands near the shoulders. <laughs> anyway, moving on, because I don't want to spend ages on that. Finding Paradise is the follow-up to To The Moon. Was that Bird Story one of them? Yes. So this is... He did a few side ones. I missed a couple of them, but there's like side chapters that are about one of the doctors in the, the game. There's these two doctors that go into people's memories. and Yeah. And A Bird Story is essentially the prequel to this so it has nothing to do with To The Moon as such, but the essentially the character you play as, uh, or the character's mind that you go into, the, the client in this one, is um, the kid from A Bird Story. Yeah, there's a good point in that as well, or a good little moment where he, he says to someone, basically he talks about how he'd told someone this story about a bird, and they didn't really care, and someone says to him, oh, maybe the bird just didn't mean as much to them as it does to you, which is about the critical reaction to A Bird Story. Right. It's a weird one because it's brilliant and it's more affecting in some ways than the first game, but it's not as sad. It's not as tragic. But what it's about, which is why I don't want to go into it too much, is I can see more of myself in that. And I, I suspect a few people could. It's a more relatable story rather than just this one tragic tale. Yeah, I'm glad of that because To The Moon were absolutely crippling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to The Moon is the closest I've ever come to crying at a game. And I suspect no game will ever manage it if that didn't make me. But it was like, okay, I'm really glad that no one's in the room with me at this point because, you know, lips started to stiffen up and all that sort of stuff. It's, yeah, it's cool. It's just, you know, still a form of torture. On the opposite side of that is a game called Chuchel, which I talked about on the, the podcast once. It's by the people that did Botanicular and um, Samoset and Machinarium, the, the point-and-click games, and it's... Almost like a like a French cartoon, I guess. It's very musical-led, and it's cool. I sort of forget how much I liked it at the time, but it's it's really fun and interesting and good-natured, and I would suggest a really good game to get on Steam at Christmas and just play through. Like, one of the Steam games you buy, while it's cheap, and actually play. It's that. It's a, it's a good afternoon worth of, of gaming. Doki Doki Literature Club came out last year, uh, as I think so did Finding Paradise. It's a visual novel. But it does some really, really interesting things. This game got cited fairly recently 
a father blamed this game for his kid committing suicide. Wow. It's not to the moon, but it's uh, uh, it's a full-on... It goes places that I did not expect. It's a really, really interesting game. That It's free to play. It's on Steam for free. And it starts off... The first sort of 20 minutes is just... Or the first playthrough, if you like, is just a narrative. You know, just a, a shitty, not particularly funny Japanese club game. Uh, you know, like an interactive story, I guess. And then it starts doing stuff on the second playthrough and, and stuff, which I know I sort of rolled my eyes at um, Undertale, <laughs> but this is good. It just does stuff with the format, with the, the medium. You couldn't just put it on something else. It would not work. It's a PC visual novel. Either they would have to change it to put it on something else, but for free and to play through it in, a, like I say, a, a, a long morning or something, it's definitely worth it. It really is one of the most interesting things I've, I've played in years. Really, really good game. Dragon Quest XI, probably not quite as good, but also not as, you know, horrible. <laughs> nice game, just not anything particularly amazing. It is good, it is fun, it'll probably make my top 10, but more because once you get past there, you're just going to sort of good games, or, or not so good games. But yeah, it's, it's a Dragon Quest, and it's it's not a bad Dragon Quest by any means. Other people have been playing it, it seems like everyone's on the same sort of page with it. Better than Nino Kuni, or Nino Kuni 2, but worse than, say, Dragon Quest V or Nine or, or whatever. And the last one I want to talk about is Astrobot, which I heard described as if this was a Nintendo game, people would be raving about it because it has that inventiveness. It's a it's a PlayStation VR game. Have you two played it, either of you two? No. When I went to see Rick in London, we went round to the place where the right big red barrel and I played it there and it, that and Tetris effect nearly sold me VR. Yeah. And I went and looked at the price, even with the discounts and I'm like I just for two games I just can't I can't quantify that it's a lot of money for just two games yeah it's the equivalent of buying a Vita for Persona yeah it's just it's too much yeah but I really want to play it still like if I could get a lend on someone's VR and play it I would do I'd actually buy the game as well like I'm not averse to giving them money for it it's just the hardware limitation yeah well the hardware hurdle which is what it is it's a hurdle like you you need it to to play the game. You can't even do anything, can you? Because you've got to sort of look behind you and yeah. like move about and stuff to to get the best out of it. They do a really good job of making you part of the world. And some of it's simple stuff like you have to hit things with your head to knock them down or to move them, or um, you get attacked sometimes and your vision gets blurred, so you have to like move out of the way or shake it off or or something. But yeah, a lot of it is like the robot Astrobot that you're in control of will go around corners and you have to lean round or maybe you can use that to see a secret or something like that. It's moving the controller as well and squirting. Yeah, yeah. To make flowers grow and stuff is it's really inventive, like the bits that I've seen and it's not the VR isn't to a point where it's like, this is making me feel ill. There were parts that were like, oh I feel a bit like I've been in a fast car and I'm now on solid ground. I've got yeah. out of it. But it's not too jarring first time i played it i had to maybe it was the way i was sat i wasn't in the best position for it but yeah there was a couple of times i had to just stop like i've done a couple of levels off to stop by the end i was i was fine you just get used to it yeah you found your sea legs yeah and it's, it's largely just like astrobot moves you so when he goes to a certain point so when you're controlling him and you move forward the world moves with him which if you're looking sideways or behind you at the time is when you might just go like oh all right okay i need a second yeah, it's really good, and the boss fights are fantastic. There's one that involves a shark that is brilliant. One of the best bits of gaming this year, I thought. 
but yeah, it's cool. I wouldn't say it's like justifies the cost of a PSVR or anything daft like that, but it's it is cool, and I don't regret getting it. I would kind of like to go back and just pick some other stuff up on it, because there's like hidden stuff in that, but meh, maybe one day. There's plenty of challenge levels and stuff that I haven't done, so. I think this team did Puppeteer as well, which was one of my favourite games in the last year of the PS3. I think I, it might have made my uh, top three or top five or something like that, yeah. The, this team does inventive, cool stuff. I look forward to whatever they're, they're going to do next. So my once then, I'm going to say Shenmue 3, but I'm not... Hey, I know it's the obvious joke. But I'm not. <laughs> I'm not particularly looking. Not not looking forward to stuff. Just I'm not an excitable person. I don't know if anyone's picked up on that or not. But nope. Shenmue Three is a game I've wanted for a very long time, and I wanted the conclusion. I, I hoped it'd happen. I'm not exactly counting the days, but I hope it comes out, and I hope it's good. If it isn't, so be it. I'll still probably play through it. Summer I showdown. I was I was thinking about what games I saw this year that made me sort of like, oh fucking hell. And that was the game. And it's, it's largely for how it looks, but I've never been the, the biggest Samurai Showdown fan. It's an SNK 2D fighter, and I love SNK stuff, but that particular franchise is not one that ever really did a huge amount for me, but it looks brilliant. And then stuff like Resident Evil as well and, and stuff. It, there's, there is some good games coming out early next year, I hope. My bin is a bit more personal. Um, I have a cruciate tear on my knee that happened years and years ago, and I, I finally got it sorted or looked into the end of 2017 and so i spent all year doing physio this year and got from the point where walking to work like by the end of the week my knee would hurt and it's sort of january february by october i was running like three times a week and getting fitter and fitter and going further and further no pain whatsoever and then i woke up on um i think it was like thanksgiving or something which i know we don't celebrate but it's what it is and was in agony, and my cruciate had torn in the night, and so I, I was sort of bedridden for... What were you doing in bed to do that? I don't know, because it, like, the funny thing was, I was going to go for a run that night, and my housemate says, you're going to go, and I said, oh, no, I'm too knackered, I'll go tomorrow. It makes me wonder, if I'd gone for the run, whether it was just gone, and I'd have been in the middle of the park, like in the pitch blacks, it's empty at night, that where I go, and yeah, whether or not I'd have just been there all night, <laughs> screaming in pain, but... <laughs> But yeah, so I, I don't know if it just, it was a partial tear and if it's just opened up and opened up and opened up and then it's just gone in the night or something or, or whether I like got caught up in the sheets or, or something, I no idea. But it's as painful an experience as I've ever had. It looks like I'm going to need surgery on it. So the amount of work I put in, getting to the point where I could go running and, and get fit again and then not to say it's all for nothing because it at least shows that I can do it. But like when I added this to the list, it was a bit of a killer when it happened. And yeah, the other thing's just Mourinho and United's form. <laughs> but oh well, the special one. I love watching him meltdown. I love <sighs> watching it. Yeah, it's amazing. Makes my Saturday. One thing I will say is, I never wanted him. This is not one of those people <laughs> like. Well, I, I've, I've turned on him. It's like I never. He never struck me as a United manager. But. Well, let's, do you know what? This is running long. Let's not get into... Let's not dwell on this. <laughs> My game of the year is actually a, an, it's a new game this year, but it's a remake of an old game, which is Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey Redux on the 3DS, which was a DS game, Shin Megami game, dungeon crawler kind of type. It's like Persona, if that's your, your reference for it, except you don't have a party of people who each have demons. You have a party of demons and you fuse them. So it's more Pokemon, except you have like four characters in battle. And it's grim and, and horrible. It's end of the world stuff. 
but it's brilliant. It's just a brilliant one of those games. I really liked the original version of Strange Journey, but it was too hard, and this has eased it down a bit, and, and maybe I've just got better at these games over the years. But the difficulties dropped down, they've added loads of new stuff, it looks better. It's a brilliant one of those games. And it's a game, again, it's one, it's an RPG that I've had to put down for a few months and I will go back to, but it's, yeah, it's a fantastic game. So, from the forum then, Bello, what have you been playing? Hi Ben, thanks for asking. The past year I've been playing God of War. I failed on my first try, gave it another try about a month later and had a blast. Weird, also, Bayonetta 2, pure spectacle, thought I'd hate it, but I loved it, and finally, Ease 8, Lacrimos of Dana, perfect handheld game, which is just as well, because sticking that on a widescreen telly made the eyes bleed. The forum in general seems to love Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Dana. I don't know if it's because I played a couple of others, I think a few of the, the forum it's their first Ease. But the, the Switch version I don't think is a very good version. Like it's really framey, the resolution drops. There's a lot of pulling you back from the game. It doesn't pulls you back to the center quite often and gates your progress and things. It's just a bit slow and a bit long. Whereas East is better when it's full on and, and rapid fire and stuff. But I'm glad people are liking East because it's a series I, I really like. So it's a cool game and it's if you never played one, I guess why not start at that one? But I, I think the previous game uh, which is on the Vita. Memories of Salsetta is the better of the the modern ones, but um, the Oath in Felgana is, is probably the best East game I've played. But yeah, it's a cool game. Lacrimosa Adana, I, when people are ever talking about it, it's like, yeah, it can be a bit shitty with its translation and it can be a bit rope here and there, but overall, it's a fantastic experience and they wish more people would try it, you know, have a punt on it. Yeah. It is, I don't want to sag it off. It is a good game. It's just not as good as some of the previous ones which is maybe on me more than you know on everyone else but I, you know i'm glad other people like it bello what is your want i most want metroid prime 4 i don't think i've wanted a game more than i want this i'm also looking forward to that little final fantasy splurge square enix are planning for the switch next year especially 9 and 12 i could also do with a mario and luigi yeah. rpg Get on it, Ninty. I would fully agree with the Mario and Luigi RPG. It's been a while now. Yeah, I, I think they've been terrible recently. The, I've <laughs> never, I didn't play the N64 one or the GameCube one, but the, I've played a couple of the DS ones and the 3DS ones. I think they're really boring. I really love the, uh, the 2D ones. I think the last one that I enjoyed was Thousand Year Old Door. The ones that came after Thousand Year Old Door felt a bit phoned in. I think it's the best way to explain it. Yeah. They just want as good. I love the GBA one, and uh, I think it was a 2 on the DS, or 3 on the DS, I can't remember. The Game Boy Advance one more predated Thousand Year Old Door, though, didn't it? Uh, it's about the same time, I think. Yeah, they were the same generation. Yeah. If they can go back to what they were doing with the older versions, I'd wholeheartedly back that, but yeah, as they are, no, I'm not interested. I am interested in Prime 4, though. That's going to be the tits. Hopefully. Well, so far we've just hmm. seen a logo. But yeah, hopefully it's good. So Bello, uh, what is your bin for the year? It has to be Red Dead Redemption 2. As a long-time Rockstar fan, I despair at that snooze fest. Honestly, if that kind of self-important, self-indulgent, hand-holding nonsense is where Rockstar think gaming should be going, then I'm out. Basically in line with, with you and with a, a few other people, I think, by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go as extreme as that. I wouldn't say I despair at it, but um, <laughs> yeah... He's not far off, yeah. 
I can't really argue with any of those points, to be honest. And Bella, what is your ultimate game of the year? My game of the year is Tona, the Golden Country. I'm still playing it, actually, but I just love this world of titans, blades, and boobs. Anyone who's not sure, that's the Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Is it expansion, or...? Yeah, it's like a standalone DLC. It's DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It follows on from that, but you can just buy it on its own. Right, okay. And on that note, Radio Floyd, I believe you've got something to say about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yes, Ben, I do. Incredible story, incredible music, incredible voice acting. Little did I think when I got bored of the first game after 40 hours that its sequel would keep me engrossed for multiple times that. A wonderful game down to the smallest details of the title screen changing as you moved through the story. Next up, Zelda. Breath of the Wild, a wonderful artistic achievement that finishes with one of the most poignant gaming endings that I can think of. Lastly, Into the Breach, a wonderful little strategy game that kept me thoroughly engrossed for 15 hours or so until I beat it, and that time went by very fast. Yeah, Into the Breach is a game I've heard loads of people say nice things about, but I heard a lot of people say nice things, very nice things about FTL and I fucking hated it. No, I didn't hate it, but I just didn't particularly like it that much. But this does look good. And I wish it was on something that I used. Although it's, it's on PC. It is on PC, but... It's on everything, isn't it? I don't think it's on Switch yet, is it? Yes. No, it is. Oh, it's right. on Switch and uh, PC, that's it, I think. Ah, right. I think maybe I'm waiting for it to drop in price then, or something. There was a reason I haven't picked it up, because I think it sort of looks interesting. I bought this within minutes of it hitting the Steam storefront, played it for 30 minutes, then never went back. Yeah. Oh. Not because it was bad or anything, it's just because I'm not in the mood for something like this. It's one of those games where you need to sort of learn the intricacies and stuff of how everything works. And although it's bite-sized, it's like doing a little Picross puzzle or something like that. But with tactics involved, yeah, you need to be in the right mind frame for it. It's not something you can just dip in and out of. It needs to be one of your main games. It can't be a side game. Mm. You need to be on it. Yeah, it looks to me like a strategy RPG, like the like Shining Force or something like that. So I'm I'm into it on that level. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I've, I've heard loads of people say really good things about. The tone of it doesn't... Uh, maybe not quite for me, but I, so many people have said good things about it that I kind of want to pick it up at some point. Uh, Zelda, I probably won't ever pick up, to be honest. Shame. At a certain point, you just have to accept that it's probably, <laughs> yeah. it's probably not for me. <laughs> You know, because obviously if everyone says good stuff about it, you want to play it, but then you look at it and you think, well, I didn't like that one, or that one, or that one, or that one. And it's not Wind Waker, so that's kind of it for Zelda for me, I think. But, you know. Radio Floyd, what are you wanting for next year? For next year, I most want Kingdom Hearts 3. The first game is one of my all-time favourites. Kingdom Hearts 2, not so much. I don't know if 3 will be closer to 1, or the mini-game fest of 2. But the gameplay trailers had got me feeling optimistic. Optimistic and nostalgic. Also, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Code Vein. I think we've all made our feelings on Kingdom Hearts 3 pretty clear, but hey. We are the top members of the fan club. Yeah, which is a shame that it's us on it, really, isn't it? But yeah, I'm glad people are excited for it, I guess. And, and Code Vein is a game no one else has mentioned, I don't think. No. And Radio Floyd, what is your bin for the year? My bin is being bored on a Saturday night. That's a very specific bin. Hmm. It's almost cryptic, isn't it? Like he's trying to send a message. Like he's been kidnapped <laughs> or something. And he's not allowed to directly say what he needs to say. And Andy Kurosaki, what have you been playing this year? Hi, Ben. How about Yakuza Kiwami 2? 
proper glad the series is getting more recognition, as it's awesome. Smashing a bike wheel into someone's face never gets old. Secondly, Fist of the North Star, Lost Paradise, your accuser, married to an over-the-top anime, exactly as good as that sounds. And finally, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Despite this allegedly being the worst of the trilogy, I'm having a brilliant time with this. Yeah, Yakuza Kiwami 2 is the game I'm, I want to get around to. Uh, Fist of North Star, similar. I don't think it looks great, but I'll, I like Fist of North Star. I like the Yakuza games, so I'll probably pick it up. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I have just finished. And the, I was reading through the thread yesterday, and it's kind of split. No one hates it, but there's some people saying it's the best of the trilogy, some people the worst, and all that sort of stuff. It's very different. From the rest of the trilogy there's not a lot of combat the combat's balanced a bit weird it's made by uh i think the people that made the deus ex games rather than the people who made the previous tomb raider games and it right you get the impression that they don't like tomb raider because <laughs> the game starts with lara being told she's self-centered i'm not going to spoil specifics what happens but she um thinks she's the cause of everything can't look past herself and then when some stuff happens she's also just like all right i'm just gonna go then and it's all right, you're not going to stay and help? That happens a couple of times throughout the game, which is where it starts getting weird, is because they shine a big light on it and then do it anyway. And there's a point where I was speaking to uh, an NPC and she says to Lara, oh, are you a tourist? And Lara's like, no, I'm an archaeologist. She's like, oh, right, okay. That's a shame because the tourists spend money, whereas the archaeologists just take stuff. And Lara's just like, oh, okay. It's weird because she so tries to be, it's just this sociopathic, sympathy that she's got going on and they shine a light on it and just makes it really strange and you kind of multiple times feel like you're supposed to hate Lara and then to like because ultimately the goal is pointless she's just murdering people and she's responsible for a lot of deaths in this game because there's not a lot of combat and you get the feeling that they are in another world there's a version of this that is basically spec ops line and it is people are writing books about it and and talking about so I think it's a really interesting idea of having an antagonist that is not the good guy, and that is Lara, but they, they pull short and ultimately it's just good guy, bad guy. They don't really deliver on, on any of it. But it's like it's not a bad one of those... Well, it is a bad one of the Tomb Raider games in that it's probably the worst of the three. Although, like I say, I might be the only person in the thread that feels like that. Uh, oh no, I think someone else does, but yeah, it's not a horrifically bad game. It's just not all it could have been. Oh, okay. And Andy, what are your wants? My want is the Resident Evil 2 remake. The original is one of the best examples of the genre, and this is looking like a worthy reimagining. Bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, that's good. Andy, what are your bins? Check this shit out. Loot boxes. Just piss off. I've already paid for the damn game. I'm not paying for that shite. And your bloody £30 season pass. Jog on. Also, Battle Royale games can't be asked with them again another one written by simon yeah here here we've all got the same hymn sheet yeah <laughs> i think all of that is um is pretty much you andy what is your game of the year game of the year for me is spider-man the mary jen levels are god awful but other than that loved it been too long since we've had a spidey game that's actually good satisfying combat great voice acting a masterclass in superhero gaming agree with him on the points on this it's not my game of the year but yeah it's, it is a good game and the mary jane levels are awful yeah i think that's the the most thing people agree with is is that that all i've heard is the mary jane levels are shite yeah i'll get around to it at some point probably it is good but 
it just maybe outstays its welcome a bit, just because it's uh, the side missions maybe aren't as interesting as they could be. Okay. And Sly, what are your notable games? I've played quite a bit this year. A lot of the stuff I've been playing hasn't been from the AAA houses. Uh, Snake Pass, a game made locally. It's a platformer without actually any jumping in it. And it's one of those games that, you know when you see the playthroughs of I Want To Be The Guy and people getting really, really fucking frustrated over games. It's one of those games. Does that have bad controls? No, it's not bad controls at all. The controls are perfect. The level design is wonderful. It's just that the game is set to make you fuck up and make mistakes. It's one of those games where it looks easier than it actually is. Right. But so when you're playing the game and it's like, oh yeah, press R1 or click your left stick in or press like Q on your keyboard or whatever and it'll do this. Like try to tell someone that in State Pass is fucking impossible because it's one of those games where you have to familiarise yourself with the control system. It's just impossible to explain. But once it's under your skin and you understand what's going on, it's like, okay, I can wind myself around here. And you sort of have these things where you, you're you plotting your path through the game. So when I say it's a platformer, with platformers, your, your general Marios or your Sonics or Knack or whatever, the stuff is coming at you so fast and you're reacting to it as it's coming on screen. Whereas Snake Pass... Just getting to the end of the platform is the fucking level. Do you know, it's it's all integral to how everything's built. And it's a shame that it sort of got looked over because, I mean, I picked it up on sale and I think I paid like eight quid for it, which is, I think that's a fair enough price. Like a lot of these games come out and they're maybe 15 quid or something. It's like, it's a big risk to take on something like Snake Pass because it's an unknown quantity. You say it's a platforming game, but there's no jumping in it. And people are like, huh? And it, it don't make sense until you actually play and it's like, oh, okay, now I understand it. I get what they were going for with this game. I sort of hope that Sumo weren't put off by it not doing as well as they were expecting, maybe. I don't think it set the world alight. I know it got good reviews and stuff, but for many people, it one of those, oh, that's okay. And then they sort of uh, glossed over it. And I don't think it's right to do that. Like, people are always asking for new ideas in games and for them to push avenues and then when something comes along it's like they just fucking gloss over it it's like oh cool and then they go back to playing whatever triple a game they're playing i didn't realize um it was sumo maker they might be one of the more underrated teams in gaming because they Mm. it's rare they make a bad game yeah it's generally a good game as well it's not very long i think it's about maybe six hours probably longer if you want to do all the collectibles and stuff but yeah, that's Snake Pass. Creeper World, another game. This is from like 2013 or something like that. I was doing my Steam queue and it were like, oh, what's this? Creeper World 3. Overwhelmingly positive reviews. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just go to YouTube and see what this game is about. I think it was Nerdcube that showed up in the videos. I know I like, I watched 10 minutes of it and I was like, yeah, but it's fucking perfect. It's exactly the sort of thing that I look for in these indie games. Especially of interest to you, Endo. It's a tower defense game but also a strategy game as well. So you have these towers and the enemy is goo. So you have these, uh, the, the cold emitters and the sort of putting goo out all the time. And the idea is you have to get close enough to blow the emitters up. That's oversimplifying it a lot because you have all these different towers and they do all sorts of different stuff. But again, it's one of these games that it's come out by, I think two people made it. And similar to something like Stardew Valley, 
which were a massive success. I don't think this was. It's been one of those things, Joe, that's like a bit of word of mouth. Hmm. People have bought it on a whim. They've seen someone make a YouTube video or it's come up in their queue like it did mine and gone, oh, that looks interesting. And then they've lost like 50 hours to it because it's just one of those games. Like you said with um, Football Manager, you could just watch Netflix. Like it's, yeah. it's sort of passive at the same time as being really fucking engaging. It's one of those games where it starts off dead easy. Like you can almost play it on autopilot. But if you want to get really, really good at it, you can micromanage right down to the finest thing and at points you're going to need to do that because it gets pretty fucking difficult at the end like there's some times in that where i were like i'm never gonna fucking do this this is like it's kicking my ass like i just don't understand and you can sort of see when the tide comes to hit you and it's like i failed this already and you start again and you rejuggle your tactics and stuff do you know when people talk about bread and super meat boy and stardew valley it's up there with them. And to be honest, I'm a bit annoyed that it hasn't really got the traction that it deserved just because of the way it looks. It is, mm. it is not a pretty game to look at. It looks like Dune 2 on the Amiga. It's it's fucking ugly. I was going to say, it hasn't got the polish really to, to get to that point. Yeah, but I think sometimes games transcend what they look like. Again, with Football Manager, it is basically a spreadsheet at the end of the day. But that doesn't make it not compulsive. And Creeper World is is pretty fucking compulsive when you get into it. Next up is Borderlands. I played through the Handsome Collection. Oh, it's with uh, Reg. With Regiment and some other people. But yeah, mostly with Regiment. It was his first taste of online gaming. He <laughs> bit off more than he could fucking chew there, right? Hmm. Yeah, I think it's aged quite well. It's sort of in vogue to have loot in your games now. You look at Destiny and Division and the up-and-coming games with Anthem and Division 2, and it's sort of in vogue to have the sort you know, looter-shooter, sort of make-your-own-build and stuff. And Borderlands 1 was the catalyst for those games. It was the one that came out and did it, and all the other companies were like, oh, we should do this. Like, this this could potentially make us a lot of money, and they've all had their own stabs at it. But I think Borderlands 2 is still basically the best version of Diablo with loot that's on the market. Yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, my time in Borderlands. I really liked the first one. I started off enjoying the second one. By the end of the second one, I hated it, and I don't, I'm not entirely sure why. It goes on for a long time, does Borderlands 2. It does, and some of the characters aren't, aren't great, and it just, I don't know, there's something about it. Yeah, I had the season pass for it, and I played a lot of it. Yeah, I don't know, I really liked the first one. But yeah, the Handsome Collection, yeah, I think it's aged quite well, and it's a nice wet for when Borderlands 3 eventually gets announced, which I think will be next March. Elite Dangerous also got an update, which I went back to. Elite Dangerous is a fucking massive game. It's just, it's truly humongous. Like, I don't understand these people that sort of play these games and it's all the play because you could literally do that with Elite Dangerous like people sort of treat it as a it's one of those games as a service which we sort of job brushed over earlier it's very zen in that you don't need to think about what you're doing it's almost like I, I don't know whether you ever go driving in your car just for a drive it's like okay I'm gonna go clear my mind yeah yeah it, that's the sort of game that Elite Dangerous is you can just go and you can play it on autopilot. I listen to podcasts and stuff or listen to Spotify and 
just chill out for an hour. Like you don't really need to put that much focus onto it. It's, it's very much one of those games where it's like, okay, I've got over the mountain of learning to play it, but now I can play it. I can do other things while I'm playing it and still have fun. I played a lot of Destiny 2. I don't really want to talk about it much because, <laughs> yeah, that game left a fucking sour taste in my mouth. It really good to start with last year, but start of this year and the old Osiris and I've never been put off a game so much as I have with Destiny. It really pissed on my Cheerios, did that game. <laughs> Moving on to Moonlighter, another game. This came out this summer, I think. I actually bought a game a while ago, and by a while ago I mean like a couple of years ago, called Resetia. Yeah. Or is it Racketeer? Racketeer, yeah. I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce it. The item shop RPG. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I saw this and I thought, oh, that looks like that game. And then I sort of brought a YouTube up of them next to each other. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather play Moonlighter. That looks more up my street. So yeah, I bought it. It's such a weird an amalgam of several games. It's a little bit Rogue Legacy. It's a little bit Stardew Valley. It's like it's got all these your little bits that remind you of different games. I don't think it's that complicated. It's basically a, a hack and slasher. Like when you're doing a dungeon in Zelda or whatever, but with a loot system and the bits that you pick up, you can sell. It's not groundbreaking or anything like that. But again, it's it's really compulsive and I think it's well done for what it is. I seem to be the only person that has sort of picked up on it. Again, it's, it's one of those things that it's sort of gone under the radar and I think maybe in six months or whenever, when it's a bit quieter, it might be one of those games that breaks out. It's like, oh, I'll pick this up in a sale and fuck me, I'm having loads of fun with it. Why didn't I pick this up, do you know, when it came out? It's on my wish list, but I've got Racketeer to get back to. I've not actually finished it yet, but I don't think it's going to be a hard game to see the end of. It's not, like I said, it draws from, do you know, Rogue Legacy, where it sort of kicks you back out if you fail. It's more gentle than that. Um, Yokos Island Express were another game that I played this year. Yeah, that's a good one. A lot of people were asking my opinions on this because of my background with pinball. Yeah, I thought it were all right. I don't think it was anything super special, but I'm glad it got some attention. They've taken Pinball and Metroidvania, which is a really fucking weird combination, and managed to make it work. Have you got all to say about this, Endo? I really enjoyed it. I spoke about it, I think, when it came out in April or May, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's the right amount of pinball for me, I think. Mm. I'm more into Metroidvanias than pinball, so... What it does was right for me. I think doesn't have to say it's welcome either. It's quite short. Yeah, it is very short. Like, I think I did it in four hours or something like that. It's not a long game. I'm glad I didn't pay full price for it because I, I think I'd have been a bit more down on it if I had. But for what it was, yeah, I'd play more of that if they were to do a sequel. Yeah. I did play a lot of Pinball FX3 this year. I play a lot of Pinball anyway. It seems to be one of the games that I gravitate back to if I don't know what I'm feeling like. I want to play Joy if I'm in a bit of a hazy mood. It's like, I don't fancy playing this, I don't fancy playing that. But I can play pinball because it's it's a skill that you develop over time. You've been streaming it a lot as well. Yeah, I've been streaming between the Pinball Arcade and Pinball FX3. Some significant differences there. The Williams license went over to FX3 and... I think the best way to explain it is the tables that I've played in real life 
and when you play them in the pinball arcade, it's like walking on a shag pile carpet. Like you don't feel grounded, you don't feel connected. Whereas those versions of those tables in Pinball FX3 is like being on a fucking roller coaster. It's so quick, you feel out of control a lot of the time. And that's how it should be. You should be controlling chaos. Fair play to Zen, like they've done a much better job of representing those tables than Farsight ever did. They look nicer, they're cheaper in price for what you're getting. They're just a better package. I think Zen should have had them from the off, if I'm being honest. Another bit of a cult hit, Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, there's a, that seems to be getting a lot of um, interest on the forum. Yeah, recently it's its interest has been PK'd by me and uh, One-Armed Dwarf. Yeah, it's a really good game. I think for people that are into games that are offering something different, it's worth a look. Do I think it's the best I've ever played? No, I don't think it is. There is parts of it that are fantastic, but similarly, there's also parts of it that are like, really? You couldn't have done this better? But a lot of the game does feel like an afterthought, like the story and stuff, but the actual linchpin that the game swings on is the, the big fights with the monsters. It feels like someone saw Monster Hunter and gone, oh, that looks cool, we're going to recreate it, but it's not quite the same, it's just off-brand, but it's hmm. still pretty fucking amazing. It is underrated, but it's one of those games where it's going to put a lot of people off just because it's kind of janky. Talking of jank, hmm. <laughs> Earth Defense Force 4.1 and 5. Earth Defense Force 5 has only just come out, so I can't form a proper opinion on that. As of recording, it's been out something like five days, so yeah. 4.1, I've been playing through with Regiment in what end of this year september october i think it still stands up as like a really really good hard mode game it has sort of had the show stolen from it a little bit because of edf5 but that's what sequels tend to do they tend to take all the rough edges off and you know, take it up a notch so i can't really argue with that it, it is what it is and yeah i fucking love it to pieces if you ever see edf5 cheap in like maybe years time maybe pick it up and if you can grab some people to play it with, have a laugh with it. Like, just play it for one normal and have a laugh. Are you aiming that at me or Hendo? Uh, no, <laughs> listeners, anyone. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. No, not you. Fucking hell. I, say, I, I got it for free and hated it. But. Yeah, well, no, you have to have friends to play it, so boom. You know? Mic dropped. Once for this year, um, I really want the looter shooters to be good. I think that Destiny and what I've heard of sort of had it easy. There's not been enough of them on the market to stimulate competition. And because Anthem and Division 2, because they come out in such proximity to each other, it's going to be a ferocious battle. Like, they really, really need to push the fucking limits of what those games can do. It's no good to just go, well, we've got the market to ourselves for the next six months because they just don't. And same with Destiny as well. It's, it's got these two big behemoths that are coming up and... They're going to try and take its lunch money and it's going to have to fight for it because people can only really play one. Definitely feels like I don't even play them that much, but I'm already fatigued from just hearing about yeah. how many are going around now. It's a saturation. Like, even with Warframe and stuff like that, you've got all these loot shooters and it's like, well, one of you is going to have to stand out and do better than the others. You can't just go, oh, well, we're doing this and we're doing that. It's like, no, you can't do that. The winners to take home the spoils. And the losers to fucking job go back to the drawing board and 
it, it's just it's competition. Like competition's good. It don't matter which aspect it's in or which field it's in. Competition is good. And I think with Anthem and Division 2 coming out, it's going to provide much needed competition because it's getting kind of stagnant, in my opinion. Yeah. I also want uh, Borderlands 3 to come out. Oh, just an announcement. Just fucking bring an announcement out. I want Monster Hunter World Iceborne as well, which looks fantastic. The right way to do DLC, in my opinion, from what I've seen. This year's bins, you know what? There's been that much fucking shite going on in this game industry. I cover it on a weekly basis with Rick. I'm fucking sick of them, man. I <laughs> truly am sick of them. Like, every time you open Eurogamer or Kotaku and it's, it's some bullshit and it's like, oh, the AAA industry is driving me away with its nonsense. It really is. I'm I'm so fucking tired of it. Yeah. It's easy to see why people are, are leaning more towards independent games and, and kickstarted games because yeah, EA and Ubi can eat a fucking dick. But I'm tired of their nonsense. And it's not just those either. There's the other big players as well. Yeah. Set of bastards. My game of the year is Monster Hunter World. I think that game felt complete. It's not often I say that about games, especially AAA ones, but when you play games and you sort of finish them and it's like, is that it? Hmm. It feels like there should be more. And sure enough, there is more, but you have to pay for it. Yeah, Monster Hunter World felt complete from the off. It didn't feel like it had its hand out for any money or anything like that. It would just, yeah, just play me. The way it was positioned before it came out was they've made it more accessible for the West, Mm. which apparently it is. Has that come across and has that not made it worse? Has it deteriorated it? Not mm. at all. No, basically, it's taken all the busy work out. So, having played the previous Monster Hunters, you basically had stuff where you had to go on honey runs or fucking, you know, stupid shit where it's like, oh, I need to go get spiders' webs so I can make nets or whatever. Do you know, like, basically doing your weekly shopping. And it's fucking boring. Like, no one wants to do that. It's all busy work. It's fucking rubbish. What people buy Monster Hunter for is for fighting monsters. And Monster Hunter World is that. They've taken all that rubbish out that no one wanted to do and just made it redundant. It just sort of happens as you're fighting the monsters. That's the way it should be. I think they understand that the Western audience doesn't want all the busy work. A word that Ben uses a lot, the idiosyncrasies of... Monster Hunter, they're not fucking good. Like, the old versions are not good. They're just sort of tolerated. It's, again, you take the smooth with the rough, or the rough with the smooth, whichever way you want to put it. And with Monster Hunter World, they took that game, or they took the idea into the shed, and they filed all the edges off it, so you didn't have any rough. Or the rough was reduced to a minimum. Because it's really streamlined. And it's not streamlined in a way that dumbs it down. It's streamlined in a way that's just like, yeah, I don't need to do all that fucking shit now. I don't need to go whetstone farming or anything like that because it's just unlimited now. An accumulation of tiny quality life changes that have made that game what it is. And a lot of companies could use Monster Hunter World as a case study for making their games fun. All the games that are sort of Joe rough around the edges. Stuff like Dragon's Dogma is a prime example of that. Just, hey, look at it and go, what's not fun? Yeah, this ain't fun. Okay, we'll fucking remove it or we'll take it down so it's it's not going to be a problem. Instead of mm. making people fucking tolerate it. I mean, games should be fun. You shouldn't have to tolerate shit at the end of it. 
Monster Hunter World is one of those games where they've seen to that. They know and they've identified those problems and they've fucking sorted it. Onto my people anyway. Alright, different class. What have you been playing? Hello, Simon. DC here. This year I have been playing Dragon Ball Fighters rather a lot. I don't usually get into fast multi-character fighters but this one was really accessible and also had a lot of hidden depth. I really enjoyed my many hours learning and getting competent at this game. Next up, God of War. I think the only traditional AAA game I've played, but it is certainly a great one and a satisfying turn for the series. And finally, Enter the Gungeon. I bought this on a whim and ended up being my most played game of the year. A roguelite with so much hidden quirkiness and awesome gameplay, it was easy to lose hundreds of hours to it. I've been playing Into the Gunson this year as well, and I haven't played it anywhere near as him. He's been playing it for literally hundreds of hours. I've probably played about 20. Right. Yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that, yeah, it's a great game, and he's at least the uh, person shouting from the rooftops about it. Again, I really want this game. I've mentioned it on the forum a couple of times that it's been on my wish list for a while. Yeah, I don't know whether I'll like it, I should have liked Binding of Isaac, but that game were a bit... I don't know. I didn't gel with it, but this looks more my thing. That plays terrible, though. Yeah. Enter the Gungeon plays really smooth. Weirdly, I liked Binding of Isaac. I, I thought it was quite good. I think it was the controls I didn't like. I just didn't like the shooting. Like, I'd rather it be more akin to Geometry Wars than Everyday Shooter, which is another game I didn't like, but yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball, I know DC loves it, but I forget what took me off it. I think something else came out at the same time, possibly even God of War. I think that came out around about the same time. I was really enjoying it before that. He played it online a lot more than I did, which kept him going on it. I kind of never went back to it after I, started, I kind of meant to and, and just didn't. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Really good fighting game. I kind of think if I hadn't stopped, it would probably make my top 10, whereas it might not, even though it is a good game. So it might be one of those things that next year I look back and think, should have added but yeah it's, it's really good fighting game really really, really good fighting game okay dc what about you wants my biggest want is monster hunter world iceborne i am very much looking forward to iceborne a large expansion for 2019 also demon x machina sekiro and doom eternal uh yeah doom eternal i don't know I, I hope they don't overdo it on doom like doom was fucking brilliant it looked a little to me like they're just adding too much to it and but i don't know after everyone doubted them and then they delivered Doom, I think I'm more than willing to just give them a... Give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because you know they've done a good job previously. Yeah. Like, you learn your lesson if, if someone's proved you wrong once. Which, although, I'll be honest, I, I thought the E3 trail looked fine when it was shown, but Doom was brilliant. Hopefully this is. Yeah, I've watched a fair bit of Doom being played on Twitch. I've actually got round to playing it myself, but it's one of those games where it's like, do you know when you're playing a game and you sort of lean... You're getting excited when you're using a controller. You sort of you're getting into it, and I found myself doing that with the previous game, even though I wasn't playing it. We're like, go, go on, you're like cheering them on. Yeah. It's it's sort of it's very visceral in not only visually but like from an audio standpoint as well. It's like it's really, really it's got the knife to your throat all the time. Yeah, it's it's fast, but also like the music is mm. is correct. Like I've heard it said as well, the music doesn't work outside of the game. Like it's perfect for it. It's yeah, Doom is brilliant. And also another shout for Monster Hunter World Iceborne as well because he's cool. What's your bin this year, DC? I am very cool. Yes. However, my bin is depression. Yeah, I think we could all uh, agree with that. Yeah, one. I hope he has a speedy recovery with this. I mean, it's not something that you can really speedy recovery from, but 
it's the uh, the time of the year for it as well, isn't it? This is mm. <laughs> what everyone just ah, uh, yeah. It's not that. I mean, he's had it for a long time. He's I think he's suffered with his depression for a fair bit, and yeah, it fucking sucks. What's your game of the year, DC? It has to be Monster Hunter World. This is such a good entry in the series and everything a lot of people have wanted from the series. My game of the year. Yeah, so pretty much the same as you. Yeah, he's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> he knows which side his bread's buttered. Okay, Nag, you're up. What's your play? Greetings, gentlemen. Nag here. First up, God of War. To think I very nearly skipped this. I had no interest in the game until maybe two or three weeks before it dropped. Secondly, Hellblade, Senua Sacrifice. I held off the PS4 release and bought the Xbox version this year. A complete gem of a game from beginning to end and a genuine surprise. And lastly, Gears of War 4, released in 2016 and still the game that I've put the most hours into this year. Thank the Lord for this multiplayer. Yeah, I played Gears of War 4 as well when I got the Xbox and um, I still haven't finished it. I really need to go back to it. The opening is, um, I think me and Ben have discussed this a couple of times, the opening is pretty rough <laughs> in terms of boring and the enemies you're fighting are not the uh, locust, they're just dull. It's not engaging. No, it gets better, but I kept wanting to f- finish it with um, a mate from work and another mate and um, that never happened, so maybe over Christmas I'll try and do it on my the own. The last hour or so is, is good fun it sort of does the power fantasy stuff towards the end it, it does there are good moments in that game mm. Hellblade Center of Sacrifice I finished like New Year's Day or something like that but obviously it came out last year when I played it yeah it's fantastic it's a really really good game I mean it's it's a bit hard work to play at points but it's um, like it's not fun but it is a brilliant game it's uh, yeah came out this year on the Xbox which is why he's he's got it in the list but uh, yeah uh, it, it's one that I told you mentioning today if, if he wasn't I hadn't seen that he'd mentioned it, I would have mentioned it, I think. I think it's kind of weird that Hellblade and God of War drew parallels, even though they fuck all like each other. It's just a viewpoint. There's kind of some similarities. Uh, the links are tenuous, though. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, they are tenuous, I yeah. guess it's, it's got... You've got the similar gods, and they're both funeralistic marches, in a way, and... Yeah, but it's not what Hellblade is about. What it's about is not what it's about, to keep it vague. Okay, Nag, tell us you once, as if we need to know. You do need to know, and of course it's Resident Evil 2. Oh my days, do I want this. It's so fucking close now I can almost smell that new game smell. Also, Gears of War 5 and the double-edged sword of new console announcements. Yeah, no surprise there. Yeah, no surprise. I think it's pretty much everyone is looking forward to Resi 2. Yeah. And what about your bins? My bins are empty. Ha ha. Sorry, it's been a long recording hasn't it? Anyway, my bin is Red Dead Redemption 2. Sorry, as much as your technical showcase is a game you just aren't what I wanted. Again, not a surprise. Um, nope. Me and Nag are pretty much in agreement on that, I think. And what's your game of the year? Well, Simon, my game of the year is Marvel's Spider-Man. The base game hit all the right notes for me, looked lovely, controlled well and was just around the right length. I found that really surprising that he said he was uh, Spider-Man. I don't know why. Because it's on PlayStation. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But no, I, I don't know. I just expecting God of War or something. Yeah, God of War is more up his street in it with the, like, the mature and the violence. Yeah. Or maybe it was just that I think I was convinced, and I'm sure he was convinced as well, that it was going to be Red Dead 2. Mm. But 
No, sadly It's not, not a case of Marvel, Spider-Man being the game of the year. It's more a case of Red Dead dropping the ball and Spider-Man taking its place. Pretty much, yeah. Same with me with God of War. It's not that God of War is anywhere close to bad. It's just that was the best I played because, yeah, Red Dead 2 wasn't good enough. Okay, Blakey, your turn. I played some stuff. Fucking hell. I, I'm going to have to fucking narrow that down. Okay, you asked for it. Let's start with League of Legends. I had to learn pretty much everything from scratch in this game. Didn't have any muscle memory or previous knowledge to fall back on. It's so fulfilling learning a whole new genre, different strategies, etc. Next we have Fortnite. I'd gotten into battle royale games with PUBG and whilst I enjoyed it, I used to often get a bit bored with all the hiding involved and long matches. Fortnite remedied pretty much all of this for me. The games are much shorter and it's much harder to hide as folks can just topple or build over a building easily. And finally, Rainbow Six Siege. Siege is such a very special game that even when I was losing and not doing well at all, I was learning and getting the odd kill or key assist to win a match. It is such an incredible, tense, intoxicating game. I honestly think Siege is the best multiplayer game of all time. Yeah, you've been playing Siege, haven't you? I've been playing a little bit of Siege. Yeah, I've not played it as much as he has. By any margin, I'm still a beginner. He's describing it as, I won't say we're intoxicated, unless you stand on a goo mine, but it is tense. I think that Rainbow Six Siege is maybe going to take the crown from CSGO as soon as people's computers can run it in the countries that are less well off than us. Because it, it mm. generally is fantastic. It is really cool. What really surprises me is the lack of Sea of Thieves in his lineup. And Metal Gear uh, Survive. Well, not so much Metal Gear Survive, but Sea of Thieves, he really doubled down on that when it came out. He was playing it all the fucking time, and it's just sort of been tossed over. Like, maybe he's forgot about it. Which, I don't know if that says more about the amount of games he plays, or whether the quality of experiences when he was playing that game. Who knows? Okay, Tom, what are you wants? Screw you guys. I want Kingdom Hearts 3. It looks better and better with every trailer released. It looks nothing less than flawless from all I've seen, with so many incredible worlds to immerse myself in. I really cannot wait. Namura has still got it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. And your bins? Let's bin Ni no Kuni 2. Revenant Kingdom. The first game is one of my all-time favorites and I'd been eagerly anticipating the sequel for Donkey's Years before its release. It came out and it was just mediocre to shite in almost every regard, by far and away my biggest disappointment of 2018. Also, gaming slash YouTube crusaders. So this isn't the first person that said this. You've said the same as well, Ben. The original Nino Kuni is a brilliant RPG. A lot. Of, it had a sort of mixed reaction to it when it came out. I liked the combat on it. People sort of fell off it, but I found it fairly deep and it's a bit too long as a game, but it's, it's a great game. It's, uh, it tells its story well. This one, I've said it before, I, I don't like the story. I don't like the kid. You could tell a really good story. Maybe it goes there. A prince loses his kingdom and he basically you're getting his kingdom back. On the basis mm. of, well, well, he's a prince, he deserves a kingdom. It's like, no, he doesn't. But maybe it goes there, maybe it, it touches. I've been told the story picks up a bit, but yeah, it, it was too easy and not interesting enough. Like, it just wasn't involved enough. And they, they patched that, and I haven't been back to it since. So it may be that now they've patched the, the difficulty, it's, uh, it's more interesting. Everything else I didn't really care for either. So, yeah. And what about the game of the year, Blakey? Game of the year. 
has to be Red Dead Redemption 2. I can completely understand why this didn't resonate with a lot of folks but for me personally it is an uneven masterpiece. Large swathes of the game are a little dull or uninteresting but the exploration, the little stories dotted around the world and some of the incredible story moments just elevate it above its issues. Also, gangbusters, motherfuckers. So that's pretty much everyone's opinion as well. <laughs> yeah, everyone's in agreement now, yeah. It's his opinion, but it's either one of those things that you either love it or you hate it. And a lot of the minutia of Red Dead Redemption 2 has put people off. Like if they cut all the fat out, all the, you know, the long-ass animations and the trekking for fucking miles and all the other stuff that has rubbed people up the wrong way, then it might be a good game. But, I mean, some people might enjoy that. Just being in the wilderness and hunting might be their thing. But for a lot of people, it isn't. Those little sort of chinks and cracks and things are the things that let you get into it a bit. So if it is long animation stuff like that, maybe it just builds the atmosphere. And what people have said about it, with the not so much the just the animations, but the, the long walks and stuff. Heavy Rain was a game I said at the time. that I, I think one of the reasons I liked it, and I know other people did as well, but some people didn't but the stuff like early on in that game you have to start the game pretty much you have to like shave and wash and go and check the garden and all this sort of stuff when you're playing as ethan grounding you as that character worked i liked playing as that character because i'd spent time as that character whereas there's other games where you get into the world their best friend dies and you couldn't give a fuck because you don't know who <laughs> of these people are so in some ways making you live in that world is the design decision i i understand i think it's not a bad idea maybe that it's like i said an 80 90 hour game depending on how long people play uh, or spend on it and how much side quests they do maybe that's just too much and you're going to live in that world regardless you don't need to do the other things as though it's a 10 hour game or a 15 or a 20. yeah it's like if the painfully recreated getting into a car in Grand Theft Auto, you're unlocking it with your key fob and then fucking putting your keys in the ignition yeah. and putting a seatbelt on and stuff. Like, you can go too far in the sake of gameplay should always come first. And putting all those details in, while impressive, sometimes breaks the flow of what you want to be doing when you're playing these games. Yeah. I think that's it for this. Yeah, that's it for 2018, in fact. Yeah, here's to 2019. Well, let's not go too far. Yeah, hopefully there's an arrest and uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a vote. An arrest and a vote is what we need early in the year. How am I the most positive person here? <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. It's a sign of our times. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs>